What does Malcolm Gladwell, the brilliant writer and thinker, have to say about the financial markets? Nothing. But this astounding observation from him has everything, and I mean everything, to do with success in what could be a very turbulent market. I'm Brian Ellis. This is Episode 177. You're listening to Self-Directed Investor Radio, America's only podcast exclusively for affluent, self-directed investors, where each day of the week you receive innovative investment strategy and deadly accurate market analysis that's untainted by Wall Street and unblemished by government propaganda, all in seven minutes or less. Coming to you now from iTunes, Stitcher, and SDIRadio.com, here's your host, Brian Ellis. Hello, SDI Nation. Welcome to the podcast of record for savvy, self-directed investors like you. It's said if we don't learn the lessons of history, we're doomed to repeat them. So here's a quick lesson not about investing and completely about it all at the same time. In the fall of 1973, the Syrian army began to gather a large number of tanks, artillery batteries, and infantry along its border with Israel. Simultaneously, to the south, the Egyptian army canceled all leaves, called up thousands of reservists, and launched a massive military exercise, building roads and preparing anti-aircraft and artillery positions along the Suez Canal. On October 4th, an Israeli aerial reconnaissance mission showed that the Egyptians had moved artillery into offensive positions. That evening, Amman, the Israeli military intelligence agency, learned that portions of the Soviet fleet near Port Said and Alexandria had set sail and that the Soviet government began airlifting the families of Soviet advisors out of Cairo and Damascus. Then, at 4 o'clock in the morning on October 6th, Israel's director of military intelligence received an urgent phone call from one of the country's most trusted intelligence sources. Egypt and Syria, the source said, would attack later that day. Top Israeli officials immediately called a meeting. Was war imminent? The head of Amman, Major General Eli Ziera, looked over the evidence and said he didn't think so. He was wrong. That afternoon, Syria attacked from the east, overwhelming the thin Israeli defenses in the Golan Heights, and Egypt attacked from the south, bombing Israeli positions and sending thousands of infantry streaming across the Suez. Despite all the warnings of the previous weeks, Israeli officials were caught by surprise. Why couldn't they connect the dots? Folks, those words come from the venerable Malcolm Gladwell, one of the most brilliant minds of our age, in his book called What the Dog Saw. So Major General Eli Ziera had absolutely every reason in the world to think that Israel would be attacked by Syria and Egypt. Literally every single piece of evidence suggests that the attack was imminent and that Syria and Egypt were very, very serious. And let's face it, Israeli intelligence has a reputation of being, shall we say, rather effective. But in this case, despite overwhelming evidence to the contrary, Israel chose not to set up defensive positions in response to enemy movements, and the tiny Middle Eastern country suffered mightily for it. Why? Why did Major General Ziera make such a clearly wrong decision in the face of overwhelming evidence to the contrary? Consider this. Do you know anyone who was hurt by the mortgage meltdown of 07 and 08? Maybe even you yourself took some serious shrapnel for that one. But if you notice that even though the financial carnage from that was very widespread, affecting investors and the general public alike, almost nobody seemed to see it coming. Yet now, if you ask nearly anybody, they'll all tell you almost derisively that anyone with a brain could have predicted it. Yet almost nobody did predict what happened. The few who did became billionaires. What we all recognized at the time was that something was wrong. Something fundamental was not right. Something that could be damaging to us was happening at the time. And yet, almost nobody had the good sense to get out of the real estate market, or even better yet, figure out a way to bet against it during that volatile time. Does that make you and me foolish? I don't think so. In fact, you may be tempted to think that Israel's Major General Ziero was just careless or even foolish. But there's far more to the story. 
at the time, it was very common for Egyptians to mobilize for war. It was common for tanks and war supplies to be sent to the canal and for fortifications to be built. The president of Egypt had made multiple public statements in years preceding this attack that war was imminent, and yet it never happened. Egypt mobilized a whopping 19 times between January and October of 73, and not a single one of those cases did war commence. Furthermore, the trusted intelligence source who warned Israel the day of the attack, well, that person had recently given two completely wrong promptings. Given the extreme cost and difficulty of mobilizing for war, Israel, which is a tiny country with a citizen army, couldn't afford to mobilize at every threat. The threat in early October of 73 seemed to Major General Ziera a serious threat, to be sure, but a threat that could be defended against on another day. How does this relate to investing? It's a rather apt comparison, my friends. As manager of a private equity firm that buys real estate in some markets that have a volatile history, can anybody say Northern California? <laughs> I think about this type of thing every single day. I think about the reports that venture capital is not flowing as freely into Silicon Valley as it was. And I know that this could be a problem since the entirety of Northern California is just this little known universe that rises and falls largely on the strength of Silicon Valley and the Bay Area. I know that my target markets have a history of volatility on the upside and the downside. I know that the economy at large is not as strong as the press is leading us to believe. But I also know that there's substantial and profoundly negative factors that are not in play right now as they were in 2007 and 8, and that's a very good thing. I also know that most, not all, but most of the time, real estate markets follow a pattern when they're beginning to reverse in a huge way, and that pattern isn't in clear evidence presently, and isn't in evidence at all in some very large markets. So what do you believe? For me and for my clients, I've responded by tightening our buying criteria. We're going a bit more towards the no deal is better than a marginal deal approach. And in truth, this will likely cause me to miss some, but not most opportunities. On this very day, actually, I'm tasked with making an allocation to my buyers for an auction that happens tomorrow, December 30th. And there are a lot of great opportunities. Still, we're going to be conservative in our allocations because at the end of the day, I don't want to have missed the signs of an impending meltdown. Right now, those signs are not in evidence, but there are winds blowing in that direction. Times like these usually presage a shift in markets, but whether that shift is an outright reversal or merely a temporary plateau, the reality is this. There is still opportunity and a lot of it to be had right now, and I believe for the near future as well. That's why we're hoping to buy several houses this week alone and really get next year started off right for my private equity clients. We got one house late last week where we're expecting a net ROI in the neighborhood of 23 to 25% within 120 days, and both history and current market conditions support that projection, so that's very exciting. We got another house about a week and a half ago that we are expecting to receive a cash offer on today, and that cash offer will lead us to a closing that will generate a profit of about 25% in less than 30 days. That's net. So things are very exciting. So my friends, tomorrow I'll tell you about what happens to SDI Radio in the new year. And I think you're going to love it because you've been asking for it. So until then, please be sure you're subscribed to our private and exclusive notification list by texting the word SDI Radio with no spaces or periods to 33444. And now more than ever, invest wisely today and live well forever. Thank you for listening to Self-Directed Investor Radio with Brian Ellis. Don't miss a single episode. Be sure to subscribe to Self-Directed Investor Radio right now on iTunes, on Stitcher, and at sdiradio.com. Your feedback is always welcomed via email at feedback at sdiradio.com. 
This show is for entertainment purposes only and is not intended as legal or professional advice for your situation. Content is the property of the Self-Directed Investor Society. 